Hey everyone. So today I'm going to put on my wizard hat. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask the questions that you might ask a wizard. I'm not a wizard by any stretch of the imagination. But I want to discuss how, just probe um, questions about how this thing works, right? in other dimensions, etc., because it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, um, that we can go back and forth in time. Um, let's just start with um, the beginning, right? Let's say something happens to you um, and you're traumatized, right? And... <clears throat> I want to talk about the magic side of this, the, the, the bit that's not, that's happening in other dimensions, but it's not, it's related to this reality and to that bigger landscape of uh, where stuff is also happening. It's not just here. Everything is somehow being affected by the stuff that we can't see. They say there's like 80% of dark energy that we don't know about, we don't understand. Anyway, I don't know where it's located but um, everything seems to be carrying information. So you're traumatized at a particular moment in time, right? I can just talk about my own experience. Boom. And that happened in a particular time. Um, two, three, four, whatever. Now I'm sitting in... 60 years later, right? I'm sitting in this time, in this moment, in this now. Yet, um, through ayahuasca, I'm able to open and go into that time and space. So, there was a paralysis going on. There was a blocking off that went on to ensure that I had no access to it. There is also kind of energetic parasites feeding off that child's fear. There's a sort of, someone has taken that little kid, you know, has, has imprisoned her, captured her, right? Now, that's living somewhere. That's living, that has energy. There's no, it's not dead. Fear is an energy. It's alive. It has stuff that, you know, it's like um, that feeds off it in the same way that, you know, parasites feed off a dead worm or a, you know, dead horse or something, vultures, right? It, there's something, some energetic entities that are feeding off fear, right? That also happened in a particular time. It happened, you know, when I was two or three, or to you, whatever it happened, it happened at a particular moment. Yet that moment is still alive. Because in ayahuasca, I can then go and relive what happened. And by reliving the experience and seeing everything and releasing the feelings, of that moment, I can then 
have a bigger headspace, a bigger energetic space. I'm cleaning up a kind of a, a toxic sewage dump. So the question is, where is that happening? Because I'm in this reality now. I get up, I get coffee, I get my bagel, you know, I get on planes, I, I put up sheetrock, you know, I, I do, I brush my teeth. I'm, you know, I'm doing the, you know, the, the things of this moment. Yet, in ayahuasca, through ayahuasca and ceremonies and you know, and then of course it's happening as I, even when I'm not doing a ceremony, it's, it's happening in dreams, it's happening in thoughts and whatever, that, that um, moment is being relived. And is it, it's happening in a dimension that I cannot see, only when I, you know, sit and do ceremonies or I sit with ayahuasca and, you know, and I, and even when I don't drink ayahuasca, I can sit because the ayahuasca is inside of you and it's working through you and it continues to give you downloads and etc. So that happened in a particular moment. In time, something, you know, horrific happened. I blacked it out. I got drowned. And at some point, What's interesting is that then there's this ballooning of this, at some point in my system, I came back online and in subservience to the trauma and to the people that were carrying out the trauma, I then built a person with a motivation and with a story that, um, you know, basically um, became a missionary in a way for those people. I, tr I, tr I turned the story into something else. I turned it, the original trauma was I was being sent out to be sexually abused for money. There was this evil con man who had an agenda, blah, 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 and used me and my mother. It's a whole story, right? It happened. That's what actually happened. That's what I actually, I was given the roadmap. Kind of the, the whole landscape was revealed to me in I, through ayahuasca, which is happening in another dimension. And it's a piece of me that I completely blocked off. But whether you block it off, when you block it off, it doesn't go away. It lives somewhere. It's literally like you have a storage closet in the universe and you put it in that storage closet. It doesn't mean it's dead. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. There are feelings around everything. It's just paralyzed. I mean, it's not accessible. It's not paralyzed. It's not accessible. That child is now in prison, imprisoned by fear. If you've trauma, it's imprisoned by fear. And in that energetic soup of fear, it seems that these energetic parasites then feed off the fear. That's what it seems to me. Very Harry Potter. But that's my experience. Again, a little tiny grain of sand in a vast infinite ocean of beach. Um, so 
so okay, so so that happened. The child froze. In that terror, she paralyzed. In that terror, she blacked out. In that terror, a thousand energetic parasites showed up. In the same way that parasites show up to a, a dead carcass, right? To a newly slaughtered lamb, right? So they're feeding, but you're not actually dead. That piece of you, that piece of you is paralyzed. I'm trying to, I think about the, um, that great movie where the guy's obsessed with this octopus and you see what the octopus does. The octopus can have its hand cut off, one of its tentacles, and then it grows back. So that, that child is paralyzed not dead, but paralyzed with fear. The energies are feeding off the fear. She's now kind of imprisoned in some dimension, in some part of the universe, right? And severed, because I was blacked out, severed from life, drowned, right? That was my mechanism, was to black out. All right, so that's pulsate that that scenario is pulsating somewhere in some dimension which I have no access to so at some point I surface and I think what happens is that there's an agreement which is actually what happened in one of the ceremonies where there was a huge exorcism there's a contract that was broken so some kind of contract is made with the predator or with the one that abuses you or with the one that hurts you. There's some kind of contract. You have to make a contract because you have to survive. And you have no, you know, you have no options. You have to survive. So some contract was made between a toddler and an adult, which is also another energetic lock. Let's put it that way. And I actually, one of the first ceremonies I did with ayahuasca was I had a massive exorcism. It was a huge energetic break. Right? It was the second one. The first one I had when I did meditation. After 12 years, I had this huge kundalini break where I had information given to me. And the next time was when I went to do ayahuasca. There was a huge third ceremony, huge exorcism. I mean, it was energetically insane. It was like a black hole collapsing. So there was a huge break. All right. So you're moving into what I realize is that there are, you're, you, you know, you're energetically locked up if there's trauma. You're energetically owned and locked up. And okay, so I had no access to any of this to any of it. It was like, I was deeply buried inside the trauma, like deeply, like it's almost like, it's almost mythical, right? Like the furies that take your soul and run off with it, you know? Um, it's like a Francis Bacon painting, you know, you the furies at the crucifixion, you know, it's like, they're these entities, these dark entities. And so at some point, so all of it was, that there was a there was a stealing, and I was told in ceremony, you were stolen, right? So there are all these messages. So you get, st you, you, so there's some awfully terrible thing happens to you in innocence, in your childhood, and you kind of make a pact, a forced impact with the devil. You don't know it's the devil, you have to, but you're terrified. 
And then in that paralysis, you black out or you agree. So at some point there was a shift where I was recruited by evil or the darkness or I had figured I had to survive, I had to live, and somehow then I surface into the reality, into reality again with this story about I was on a mission to save them. So now they became the victim, right? They became, I had to become a warrior. I had to become a really, yeah, warrior. I had to go out and like, you know, march across the world like, you know, um, I can't remember his name, any one of these is Greek warriors. So I, I, in my brain, to accommodate the horror, I was then, I surfaced up into this, you know, warrior that was going to save them. But I was actually owned, I was still imprisoned by it, by them. So there's this complete shift. So here I am in the real world and in the now doing the warrior thing, you know, trying to do well at school and, you know, the mission, the, everything has a motivation. So, you know, if you look at whatever you do, there's a motivation behind what you do. And my motivation became I need to save them. I need to make them into someone. I need to become someone so that they can... They're, they're, it's like they're on quicksand, and if I don't do this, we're all going to die. So I built this whole perfect persona. I mean, perfect in the sense of it's... In reality, it, it looked and breathed and did the thing that, you know, was going to make it something. Right? Um, there could have been other options, right? We could end up under a bridge with a heroin needle. We could end up, you know, completely devastated. But somehow, my traumatic experience kind of ballooned into this other thing, which was, was activated by this notion of having to save them. Now, how that happened, I have no idea. But the truth is that there's this huge severed split. One of which, the truth, is sitting in the dark. It's sitting in captivity. It has this whole horrific story of being sexually abused and, you know, used by a con man. And it was a trick and it was a massive trick, really, on a child, right? And then in reality, now and that's all sitting in the dark in some other dimension, in some storage space or some, you know, island in infinity, in the infinity of the universe. And in reality, I, in, in the now, you know, I've built this kind of airbag of an identity, which is, I do, you know, architectural, I do this, I do that, I have this kind of boyfriend, I have, this is my life. I live on, you know, in, oh, it's in Chelsea, in New York. There's this whole identity that's built, right? Which is also, it's, 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 it's 
been built and it's ballooned into existence in by rebranding evil and the, the so instead of facing evil i came out of it and then rebranded and tried to you know make them work i made a person that was really an outcome of them and that's all very bizarre because it's 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 a complete and utter falsehood, and it's a cover up for the evil and the darkness, right? But it's happening in this dimension, and I and you know I had no access to it. I was completely unconscious of anything. I had no idea. I thought I was just, you know, I was out there kind of marching across the world, you know, doing my thing, thinking it was my thing, but it was all an act. It was all you know, a cover-up, it was all a, a falsehood to make them work. All right, so if you establish your trauma and the person you built out of your trauma, um, it gives you a kind of a leg up on how this thing works, right? So both had no idea of each other. The darkness was completely, again, in the dark, owned by, you know, I can't call it dark, the Satan, really, evil. And the thing it built was a falsehood, desperately trying to cover up the dark, which of course, of which it had no knowledge, completely severed, right? So, Um, so there are layers and layers of energetic locks. And, you know, you will keep going into the um, bull ring and be gored by the bull until, like, and, and play the bull until you're finally completely gored, right? It will, one day it will just attack you so deeply. And that's how things work, you know, there's a big death, there was a big divorce, whatever, suddenly there's this, because you're blinded by all of it, you're blinded in the dark and you're blinded in the light, right, you're blinded in the dark because you have no access to it, and you're blinded in the light because you're motivated by something that is, you know, completely false, it's really a, an attempt to not be eaten, right, by the lion. So, at some point, I was in the ball ring for enough time. I didn't see I was in the ball ring. I was just blinded, pretending that I wasn't in the in the lion's cage. At some point, I got really mauled. It was a divorce. I got everything. It was horrific. It was the worst experience of my life. And there was a wake up because. You know, the thing that we built out of trauma is blinded, right? It's, it's completely blind. It's just a defense mechanism. It's not really seeing the world. It's just, you know, on the precipice every moment on the verge of death. So, of course, both of, and I, 
you, you have no access to the motivation. You have no access to the truth if you built a falsehood out of trauma. And it's happening. That falsehood is now functioning today. You might say, well, I'm depressed. I'm up this, I'm that, I'm the other. But it's, you know, if you don't get that lock into the trauma, then it appears to just be happening now. But it's actually being fueled by something that happened in some other moment. And that thing lives in some other dimension because I can't access it here. Right? So there are locks, energetic locks that are sort of set up. The first one, again, after the divorce, was after meditation for about 12, 13 years, there was a huge lock break in the energy. Circular, massive circular moments of energy that broke the first layer. So here you go. You, so if I look at the lineage, it's like something happened, a big trauma happened. You can't deal with it. You freeze, you black out. Dark entities show up, feed off the fear. You're held in captivity. You're blacked out. In the terror, at some point, so you're held in captivity by whatever happened to you. Then I surfaced or reinvented or an airbag showed up that became this... Um, person that was, had again kind of agreed to them, agreed to legitimize or authorize them in the terror of what happened, and it's a falsehood, right? And it has its own story, which is, I need to save them and whatever. At some point, again, it's like, you know, you're blinded, because these two things have no connection with each other. The trauma and the person that's built is severed. And then at some point, as you're going along, as this falsehood and you're, you know, living this kind of make-believe life, which is just, just a cover-up, and you're following the, the prescription of the predator, I certainly was, I was still owned by it, then, you know, some terrible tragedy happens with me. It was this horrific divorce and, and the loss of so many things. So... It's like finally you wake up and you get gored by the bull or you get mauled by the lion and you have no choice but to try to understand. Because I, 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 if you had no access to the trauma early on, you have no real access to what you're doing. You're working on automatic. You know, if you're in the darkness, you're going to go keep finding yourself in the dark. And then there's a crack. You know, this huge devastation is a rip. And that rip then leads me to meditation. And after 13 years of meditation, there's a huge energetic break in the lock. Because you're locked up of this trauma. And then there was ayahuasca, and there was a huge exorcism. Again, another lock, right? Broken, energetic freeing of energy. And then information. So, so what you're doing is you're getting closer and closer. So this, this, this severing is now being integrated, right? So what happens is that 
as you're taken back into the truth and into that whole universe of the dark, right? What's being dissolved is, you know, your, your cover-up. The cover-up has no access to the trauma. The cover-up is kind of the shiny object that functions on automatic and makes everything work and blah, 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 right? It's just cover up. Whereas it has no, but as that, as you're taken into this other dimension, and again, the question is, uh, through with ayahuasca, so the question is, where is that happening? So in meditation, after, because I think in, in, when you're traumatized, you're hemorrhaging energy all the time. And in meditation, you keep harnessing energy, harnessing energy, harnessing energy. And it's not being spilt everywhere, right? So that harnessing of energy had a huge moment built and built and built until finally there was kind of an explosion. That's when that first energetic break happened. And in that energetic break, it was made clear to me that there was something I needed to confront some monster in the attic and it was shown to me literally on the train with somebody was selling flowers and somebody came in and gave them all this money and this is just this completely weird you know interdimensional thing that happened so that happened in this dimension that kundalini break happened in this dimension I felt it in this dimension but it was definitely taking me to another dimension, to be told, right? And then in ayahuasca, you know, the ayahuasca locates you in the time that whatever trauma happened. So you're taking to another dimension to live that again. So that's not dead. Like when she found me, it was my three-year-old that she found living, breathing, crying, as real as I am now, right? So, that thing that is a shadow or whatever, that thing that you experienced in trauma, does not go away. It doesn't disappear. It has a huge energetic momentum and it's alive in some other dimension because you've cut it off if you're in trauma. Like you're, I don't know what you did, but for most people, we cut off, we sever from the trauma. And then we do all sorts of things. We're addicts, we're this, we're that, we're whatever. It doesn't matter, really, at the end of the day. It doesn't. It's all a refusal and, a, and a, to see, you know, to be in the trauma and the terror. So the ayahuasca is an incredible bridge because it takes you there, but you're accompanied. You're accompanied by the ayahuasca. That's a whole other thing by itself. It's, it's you know, for me it showed up as a mother, it showed up as a spirit guide, you know, it's just, it will show up for everybody in a different way, but it literally is a consciousness. So it transports you to that place. Where is it? I don't know where it is. It's not in this dimension. I can't access it here. 
So the trauma is, is living somewhere. Your four, your three, your two-year-old, wherever it happened, is still alive. It's still owned. So here's the other part. Your soul, which is your life force or whatever it is that you're meant to be. So one of the things that the ayahuasca girls talk about is soul loss, right? Or el susto. And in el susto, your soul buggers off. just disappears. It's too much. So my soul... <clears throat> was I was in a cave somewhere at the back of some cave with a you know with a rock in front of it so there's soul loss <clears throat> you disappear your soul disappears there's the captivity of the child by the dark because it's terrified right and then there's the construction of this supposed person in this dimension. So one of the, it seems to me like one of, well actually the most important part of the ayahuasca is to make you whole. So it's all these fragments are pulled together so that you're free of it. So you get to go into the other dimension. You get to see the whole landscape of what happened, the thing that was severed off, which I saw very clearly in, in many different pieces and in many, you know, flashlights. And, you know, you get to sort of see the whole construction of you, really, is what it is. You go into the vault, you go into the dark. You see how the whole darkness has been built. That means, and that's in another dimension, which means that in this dimension, you know, your ego or your identity dissolves, right? None of it has any more momentum. It doesn't, it, it can't, it's not marching, you know, it's not running like the Vietnamese photo of that little girl running on fire. Before it was running on fire, it's just, it's just going for the sake of going, for the sake of going, because it's actually terrified. So that whole thing is kind of smothered by the truth. It kind of like drowns. The whole identity is drowned by the truth, by the darkness. It can't work unless it's severed from the truth. It's like a code. It's like a computer. It's been programmed to be a certain way, but it doesn't know who the programmer is. It's crazy. So, once you enter that darkness, and you can, and for me, it was only through ayahuasca, really. I was able to journey into that place and get to find my child, get to see how she was stolen. I, everything was seen in that dimension. So that means in this dimension of reality, this falsehood can no longer function. It has no... It's so interesting because in this reality, it is being motivated 
by, it, by what it can't see in another reality, which is insane. Right? And the whole thing about, again, ayahuasca is to be made whole. To be made whole. So, you know, once you know this, that, what happened, once you enter and you, 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 you break down that wall that se it severs you from the truth, then it's sort of like, it's like a dam breaking. It, it, all the sewage leaks out onto this person that you've built. It can no longer, this person you've built can no longer believe or have any motivation or have any reason for being because what was motivating it, the that's fuel, has been seen. It's not that perfection, it's not that stuff, it's really you know, having been taken captive by this darkness in a, you know, very early on. So, and that's happening in another dimension. All right, so there can't be any past because you can access it. So what is that? I don't know. And then, added to that, so in, in, in my situation, in this other dimension, there are tons of these Indians, I mean, Native American Indians that show up. who I belong to, again, in some other lifetime. It's crazy, right? So, so again, this lifetime and this dimension is being affected by a past that you have no access to, which was when you were traumatized, and then potentially to another narrative that happened in some other dimension that is another, you know, story, which again, I don't really understand at all. I just, I have no idea, but, you know, I was told I was stolen as a child from these Indians. <laughs> now we're getting totally Harry Potter and out of control, right? So, Basically, the universe is spitting up a thousand million things at the same time, and it's been happening in the past, in the present, in the future. And, you know, you belong to some narrative that's happening on so many dimensions. Which is insane to me. I mean, I thought I was just having a, you know, a normal life, getting up, going to work, right? No. There's so much stuff that's happening. And that can only be accessed through plant medicines or other form, whatever your form of arriving to these other dimensions. And that you can actually, and that those dimensions are actually affecting this dimension. And that if you access those dimensions, you can actually change this dimension, right? Because if I'm accessing my shadow and I can, you know, plow through it and see all the horror and feel all the horror, it's now collapsing what I've built here in this dimension. Right? And the other narrative of Indians, I have no idea what that's about, 
but that's also happening at some other dimension that now I have access to. Again, I'm not clear about what that is. I don't really know. I just know there's, I was told very clearly that I was stolen. So I suppose what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that to heal, if there's trauma, we need to be able to access the moment the trauma happened. And it's not just a thinking thing, that the, the mind is extraordinarily powerful, extraordinarily powerful, and that we have access to the moments when the trauma happened, that we can enter, because trauma severs in fragments, that we can actually enter those dimensions, relive that trauma, understand the motivation of the people that traumatized us, and then be released from that by the seeing of it and reliving of it. And that can actually then reconfigure the reality in this moment. That is insane. So it's almost like everything has collapsed together in time. You can actually, they say you can't go back and change time, but in fact, you can. You can actually go back and relive, you know, and somehow liberate yourself of that trauma by reliving it and therefore rewiring the reality that you are living in now. Now, who does all that? I have no idea. How any of it works, I don't know. All I know is that if there's trauma, there's severing, fragmentation. You get cut off from a piece of you. And through meditation ayahuasca, you can actually re-enter those dimensions, that time-space, and reconnect with that child that you've severed off and by doing so you can then change the reality that is happening now which is pretty monumental on so many fucking levels right it's insane so it's not about blacking out even more like with medicine medications and stuff it's about you as a living, dynamic, energetic force um, basically finding, refinding your little child. Now, when I entered that dimension, I also were, was I actually was the dark entities too that was in that dimension. So I've actually allowed it to come through me, right? So they're like energetic parasites, right? Feeding off fear. So it's insane. 
because it means that there is no time or space. If you can go from one to the other, energetically, and also, because there is no time and space, there are other narratives that are happening that are either in other time zones, and I'm talking about like, you know, Indians on the savannah, in which there was an energetic impact, something happened energetically that is also affecting you now. So you might, I know people have done ayahuasca that, you know, meet dead people, meet people from the past, meet, you know, have access to all this unfinished business that was happening eons ago, apparently, which is impacting the person now. And it makes sense, you know, the, the second law of physics or whatever science is, nothing is created, nothing is destroyed, everything is, is basically refurbished. Or do they say, you know, we're breathing in, you know, Caesar's breath or something, I don't know. So everything is intermingled, everything is affecting everything else. You know, like they say, a, you know, butterfly is affecting, you know, whether, whether there's an avalanche in the, in the Himalayas or not, whether, if it bats its wings. Everything is affecting everything <clears throat> through the different time zones and space. Nothing lives exclusively. In other words, everything is being affected by everything else. And if there's trauma, there's a significant effect upon your energetic system because of fragmentation. And this notion is, is to become whole, is to undo the trauma, right? To live in a flow state, <coughs> to live in an integrated, and that's what they do, in, and that's what the curanderos do in the ayahuasca. What they're doing is they're affecting your energetic field. You know, the greatest curanderos, ayahuasqueros, are the ones that basically become energy. They just disappear. They can go, they can go, they can disappear and like, you know, go through time and fly through time and space. Right? They are so, you know, immaterial. They are pure energy. They can become pure energy. So, <coughs> It's almost like the more blocked you are by trauma, um, the heavier you are energetically, right? The more, the more weighed down you are, the less ability to move energetically, right? So it's a fascinating world which I had no clue about until recently, until I got, got into all of this. And I, again, I had no idea, I just moved in very tentatively. And I was, the more I went in, <coughs> the more I was shown, the more I felt, the more I was moved into all these different zones. You know, I mean, I had no idea, I had no idea. I, you know, it was just, I just kept surrendering, right? And I don't know how much more there is. Again, you know, there's tons. But what I'm saying is that this isn't it. And if there's trauma, if there's a way to deal with trauma, <coughs> ayahuasca or any of these plant medicines that take you into these other dimensions where you can actually access, you know, the place where you got frozen, 
you can actually access your child that's sitting there terrified. And ultimately it's a search and rescue mission to release her from the terror or him from the terror and dissolve the identity or the, the facade, the, the defense mechanism you've built, you know, so that you can become whole. I don't, you know, when the, <clears throat> when the shadow actually smothers the identity, it's like a deluge, right? It's like a, a dam that breaks and it smothers the identity. Then you're, you're, you know, you're taking on the, the shadow full on, right? Now you have to kind of meet the, you know, the, 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 the ones who are keeping you captive, you know, or kept her captive or him captive. You have to confront the dark energies. So <clears throat> it's happening in other dimensions. It's affecting this dimension. And again, it might have come from even further away from other lifetimes. But everything is affecting everything. And if you're stuck and you, you can't access it, there are many ways now, which we had not before, to try to get into those other dimensions. If you don't believe in it, that's all good. It doesn't matter. If you're scared of it, again, it doesn't really matter. At some point, you know, as I say, the ball basically gores you in the stadium and you're like, okay, now I need to do this. <laughs> For me, it was like that. It was like I was thrown off a cliff. It was like, okay, I'm getting mauled by the lion in the stadium. Now, are you going to wake up or not? I think you'll arrive to it whenever you arrive to it, but just understand that it's not... <clears throat> it seems crazy if you're, if you're anchored in this dimension and you believe that this is it. It's not crazy when you start dissolving and you understand that this universe is incredibly complex and insane and we're a tiny little pinprick of energy in this vast cauldron of stuff that I have no clue um, what it's about. Anyway, so just a bit of wizardry today. Bye.